and welcome to Upstage Downstage. With me, Richard Platt, seated in the upper circle. And me, Stephen Rees, uh, seated in a cheap seat. This is the Theatre Podcast, where we discuss productions we've seen, things we've liked and may not have liked, giving our complete unprofessional and non-biased opinions. So grab a brew, take a seat and let's raise that curtain. On today's episode, we'll be discussing the Best Exotic Marigold Hotel. We saw this production at Sheffield Lyceum Theatre on the 16th of September 2022. Based on the Sunday Times bestseller, which inspired one of this century's most treasured films, the Best Exotic Marigold Hotel takes us on a journey to India with an eclectic group of British retirees as they embark on a new life. So Stephen, what's it all about? The luxury residence is far from the opulence they were promised, but as their lives begin to intertwine, they are charmed in unexpected and life-changing ways. The Best Exotic Marigold Hotel is a joyous comedy about taking risks, finding love and embracing second chances, even in the most surprising of places. But first, our post-show opinion! Um, and look, uh, yeah. Yeah, it felt underwhelming. So with all that said, let's... Set the scene! Right then, the best exotic marigold hotel, Richard. Can I stop We're you there? We're here to stay. Oh. Do you really have to say dear. best? It's what's advertised. Carry on, carry right, on. Right, let's get into this. Okay, so we went to see this, uh, which we've already said where we're at. Now, we were... Uh, were we in the top tier or something? No, we're there was in the one more circle. above us. Was, uh, yeah, we're in the circle. The balcony's above us. Yeah, so we're in the and we're right at the very back, and those seats are really uncomfortable. They were so tight. Yeah, I felt like my knees were in my nose. Yeah, yeah, pretty much in your knees, in your knees, in your knees. Yeah, my knees knees, were in my nose. Your knees are in your nose, if not up somebody else's. Uh, (laughs) Oh dear, I've gone there already. No, anyway, back to the story. So we're here at the best, apparently exotic marigold hotel. The set was lovely wasn't it it was amazing that was uh, i mean yet again this was another one where the curtain was shut when you walked in so you didn't actually see that bit but the actual set was luxurious luscious it was it felt like a hotel that had been there for years because it was starting to pour fall to pieces yes you could see the lath and plaster you know in the ceiling where it was starting to actually come away and it wasn't just cut away it looked like it had been crumbled but the the pillars the arches all the staircases everything wasn't standardly in one area it was all winding and the whole it it gave a depth in a a sort of a a square set in a way with with the stairs yeah it felt so much more than just a square stage yeah there's more entrances and exits there's levels there was different bits to perform on and yeah they really had one of the best sets to perform in oh yeah totally really yeah it's one of the, one of the best, better ones I've seen, you know, yeah, over my time. It, it, it suited not just the period, because it was so, meant to have been modern, run down and old we, anyway. Right, yeah. yeah, but it, it suited. Felt the like film an Indian the, hotel that had been there a long time, you know. In, in, yeah, but it, it just suited the story. Yeah, anyway, exactly. But unfortunately, from then on, it just went a bit downhill, exceedingly fast. The brakes are off. Uh, okay, so. Without being too negative, let's start on a positive. Okay. I'm going to try. Go on okay. then, Stephen. 
The Understudy and Anne Varman played Sonny and we also got uh, Julie Wood playing Jean and he had his script in hand. Yeah, we were told and, that he'd have his script in hand yeah. throughout the production. And the, the positive is this. He performed as if it wasn't even in his hand. Oh, it it's brilliant. It mattered not that he had a folder in his hand. Because he looked like he was it, working in the hotel, so it didn't actually it didn't feel matter. like it was and not he barely, meant to be. Yeah, he barely looked down at it no. anyway. I only noticed the odd occasion when he was on the table where he had it open and nobody had a look, that he was just checking a line, but he wasn't actually reading it. He was just checking his position. It It wasn't really a... It was just a a little bit of like, just glanced down, but to the untrained eye, you wouldn't have even seen that. No. But I think it was... But he did it really cleverly because he was aware of his audience, and I think that was key to that, you know. Yeah. So already we've sort of skipped a lot and just gone for the performance, which I don't particularly mind doing it, but we're starting with a positive. Yeah. And for me, that's... No, actually... There's another couple of positives, okay, about this as well. Um, Is there? There are, but I'm going to keep that until we talk about the actors. Okay. Okay, let's let's not do that. Let's not rush ahead. No, let's not go there yet. We've set the scene. If ever you um, get to see the proper set of it online... If ever there's any budding set builders out there or people who want to work in design... They need to look at this as reference for how to do a set that's got so much depth in the same space as everybody else uses and it felt so much more than a lot of other people have have achieved. So, yeah. Yes. Okay, so the direction. There was an awful lot of walking around, find my place, stand, deliver a line, walk back again. Yeah, it was as if they were they were sort of like still acting within two meters of each other in in a weird way. Yeah, at times it was slightly nauseating. Yeah, not all the time. I'm not going to say there was a lot of semicircular acting where they're just acting in a just acting around or just move each other and deliver a line, stand forward to deliver the spot, then stand forward and deliver it, then move back. And yeah, I think this is where we start going downhill when we start talking about this because it really is because we shouldn't be picking up on little bits when you've got such a lavish and beautiful set, exactly, and the actual performance lets it down. And uh, yeah. It felt underwhelming, and I think that wasn't the point. I think that's the word oh, that sums up this uh, whole production. Underwhelming. Yeah, you know, it, it was. I really wanted more Yeah, and expected more. But um, going back to the set, when we first saw it, the, the like you said, the curtain were down, and all we had was a couple of um, like squares that resembled like um, stone tiles or stone yeah. pavements or whatever. So I was thinking at the time... Oh, this is going to be a bit of a, a naff set, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah, going to yeah. be really a struggle to sit through this. But then the moment the curtains came up, it's like, and and then the lights as yeah. well, illuminating this lavish set. It was like, yeah. wow, this is just so impressive. Yeah. I'm really going to enjoy this. And then the, the acting started, and it, uh, I, I I wished it stopped. I think. I think we need to to move on to the writing. Yes, because Be- to be honest, there's nothing much you could really say about the directing other than it just needed a little bit more direction. But I think a lot of it stems from the playwright, and I really yeah. do because I think that it doesn't matter. You know, the director can only do so much. Yeah, and if the the dialogue and the actual the actual book itself isn't good enough. 
Now, the thing is, okay, with this, the concept started off as a book, brilliant book, and then it got made into a film, if not two films, because it had a sequel. Brilliant film, okay? Now, when you take that and you adapt it to the stage, you need to know stage craft. And now, I've said this before on Shawshank Redemption or one of the other ones that we've seen that just didn't... Translate, yeah collapsed on the stage you know it was just pointless there needed to have been like a, a, a dramaturg or someone able to not necessarily patronizingly teach but no. to show ways of writing it in a stage production way because there's a lot awful lot of exits and entrances that were just left half finished or yeah. half arsed it was imagine watching acorn antiques yeah it was that kind of thing like it was oh all... i've said my line oh I'll, I'll go off now or yeah I'm walking off now, I've said it, and then there's like gap, space, gap. You know, it's like an awkward silence, and then the music kicked in once that person has actually left the stage instead of having a nice transition. I think you can see how awkward the direction is, awkward the action and stuff is, due to the transitions. But it also felt like they wrote it as using those exits to advance the production, but it didn't. No. And then I think they, they used it to. Do you well, mean advance the story? Such, yeah, advance yeah, the story where story. they're going off stage to say into the markets or into this or into that. They're relying on those other worlds for it to, yeah. whereas it, the core of your performance is on stage and they were relying on all these extra little bits to happen. And it yeah. it was almost, I felt like it was written in the style of a film where if it was filmed, you can cut, chop and change, you can yeah. tighten things up so that each scene's very visual. You again, can't it, do that on stage. Again, it had those long brooding pauses, yeah. brooding pauses of moments yeah. where it, it just it was just nothingness no, on exactly. stage. You uh, yeah. know, it, it was a strange feeling. Imagine because, acting that because yeah. it's like if someone like loses a line for like a second, it feels like 10 minutes has gone by yeah. and no one said anything. But also imagine how it feels no, as an audience exactly. member. I mean, you start feeling like, have they missed something or do they not know the lines? Because Do they know where the next scene is yeah. headed? Or do they even understand what they're doing? Because I think that's what it felt like. I felt like the cast didn't necessarily understand it, it needed the performance. It needed uh, knitting together a hell of a lot better. Oh, yeah. it, it, it's as if um, they took the film, yeah. they took the scenes out, yeah. imported it into a, a script writing software, exported it back into like yeah. a stage play, and it's like, well, these are the scenes, this yeah. is the set. Well, it worked on film. Yes. You know, and Without having focused on whose journey am I focusing on. Exactly. If it's all of them, then let's make sure I give equal amounts of time to all of them and make sure that their wants, needs, obstacles, and all those kind of like, um, say, little writing yeah, yeah, yeah. things that, that you sort of like, everyone's. Um, because you sort when, of seek you, for when you put in, in telling in... a story through characters' journey, you know, you have to make sure that you're ticking their boxes mm. off, making sure that no character gets left behind and you no, do exactly. come back to them. Yeah, yeah. And, and as uh, there's some of the characters that are like um, they're going to find somebody that they used to know years yeah. ago who used to teach them. Well, their intrigue of as to where they're going it wasn't built up and no, so it wasn't at all. We're talking about like uh, the character of Dorothy. She's going off to find her tutor after being was it a tutor or somebody from the past anyway. And it turns out that she's a gay one, and in the film it was like the male version. However, none of the the rest of the group, they didn't gel together. They didn't have a meal together as such. They didn't have that group atmosphere in terms of, well, where's she going? She's a bit sneaky. There, yeah, was exactly. moments, there was moments of it, but it didn't build up enough. 
No, and I think that was the key thing. I think they'd like you say they they focused on too much. Yes. They didn't focus on things that would have you know, on stage. One thing I will say is the volumes weren't great from the cast. You know, and I don't know if that's a direction thing just to perform naturally. Might it have been technical? Because we could, have... it could have been, but I'm thinking if people had got hearing aids, they'd have struggled. They'd have just been watching people walking around the stage because Mumbling. it was the dialogue was really difficult sometimes to follow because there was it was underacted in a way sometimes. There was a lot of talking quietly, and it's a, and for something like this, you've you've got to have strength in storyline for people to follow it. And and it's annoying because it's got a great cast. It does, yeah. Some amazing actors. Like I mean, we're talking about Dorothy Richenda uh, Carey. She gave a great performance she as did. Dorothy, yeah. but it was just underwritten it was like yeah. uh, pointless her being there altogether well i felt like rula lenska's character was thrown away she's a brilliant performer she, she and is i felt like oh the thing she is, needed she, more more she, dialogue to make her seem so much better it just yeah felt... she she's meant to be this sort of like um not necessarily a diva but in the film it's i think it's celia marie yeah but this uh, person who is slightly glamorous or extremely glamorous yeah but very she, sure of herself, looking for a man. yeah exactly she took center stage in terms of out of everybody else yeah she did but her character's journey it doesn't particularly go anywhere no there was one scene where she went on a date and then it's sort of like just thrown away it, it, thrown away it just stopped and then it went to the next scene. So she ended up like clearing the table off herself, and it just looked as if uh, she didn't know if she should. I feel do like they spent more time the study wasn't doing it. No, and I feel like they spent more time trying to clear the set than they did actually with the dialogue. Exactly. You know, and that's down to the writing. You know, for me, you have to get so much more in on a stage production because you've almost got to tell people what's happening in a roundabout way. Sometimes you can't rely on the visuals to do it for you. Yeah. You know, it's about the words. It's about what they say. And, you know. I think the issue I have with the play, you could use it to your advantage in telling a different story to what you've already written in terms yeah. of the film and the book, because you would have, like, changed essences of them for the film totally. from the book anyway. Yeah, yeah. But to underpin all their relationships and their connections, each moment where one of them goes off to do what they need personally you need to then make sure that the rest of the group are connecting extremely yeah. well even if they sort of fall out they're falling out extremely well if but that I makes think, sense uh, yeah but i think because the set was as lovely as it was and as big as it was they spread themselves out too much so you didn't feel the closeness between the cast i feel like sometimes you know they've been told to plonk themselves all over the stage and it's like to fill it but that isn't what would happen, you know? Again, like when there was some bathing, it yeah. just felt a little empty and yeah, it did. dull. Yeah. There was a lot of moments, even when um, they were trying to earwig uh, Sonny and her girlfriend's um, date. Yeah. Or when he was going, oh, did he propose? I can't remember now. There were supposed to be these women of a certain age on like a bit of a stone earwigging around yeah, the corner. Yeah, yeah. But when they got up to Scarpa, they just did that quickly. If you think about it, if there are women of a certain age, you can make a joke out of that. Yeah. That they're trying to scarper, and they can't. But they, but, yeah. but they can't. They need each other to sort of like help each other up because yeah. of what aches and pains well, and stuff. And you know, those kind of like showing your old age, but in a funny way. You know, there's loads of little character things they could have added or included just to make you care at all. Because like we've we've said, instead of going hundred percent knowing each and every one of these characters and seeing their journey and showing their storyline. We've just got ten percent of each character. I just really struggle because I feel that there's it's almost a laziness in relying on the title of the actual production to sell bums on seats. That's and, all it is. And that's just, all it feels it's, it's like. It's a cash in. 
basically. And I, I just think, I just feel, did nobody see this from the outside? Did they not trial it? Because they need to be honest about it. They can't just, for me, because it's new writing, because technically this is new well, writing. Well, it is, you know, it was written this year. Yeah, it, you know, who's telling the playwright that that needs tightening up or this, that and the other? If they're just taking the words that playwright's written and, and going, oh, it'll work because that playwright wrote yeah. it, that's wrong. Because when you're doing something like this, you've got to, you, you're translating it from page to stage. You've got to you've got to make it work. And yeah. I don't feel like they've put the effort in. They've just relied on the words they've been given. And that's lazy, you know. Now, what I'd say is, uh, not like I want to defend someone, but I kind of think maybe they didn't know any better. Maybe... No, but that's where I'm going with it, yeah, definitely. Well, instead of saying, like, lazy, I think maybe, like... They did as much as they could because they thought it was okay. It feels textbook. That's where I'm going. It feels mm. almost like they've come out of acting drama school or they've directed some things that have been straightforward to direct, but they've not done something like this. And it just feels like I just don't know. I think it's just it, it just doesn't feel. There were some like... great moments and some good scenes there. Yeah, but there that's, were. But that that's all it, wasn't it was. A... But that I think that was down to the actors and the chemistry they particularly yeah. had. Because but, of their experience, they've got to pull it out of the bag, haven't they, you know? Yes, and yeah, I think like Paul Nicholas did a uh, a great performance and he was the one that probably projected more along with Rula Lenska and Hayley Mills. I thought she actually gave a thoroughly good performance yeah, and a definitely. solid performance. But the only thing with that, she was basically Judy Dench, yeah. Dench's character in the film. I think she was a little bit too quiet. Yeah, and I think but, I found that from all of them because I just... Yeah, I the think. levels were very hit and miss, but then they go, we were sitting right at the very, very back. Yeah, but However, they, they've got to play to the back they'd have row. Mics on. If you're if you're selling tickets all the way up to the balcony, people have got to hear. Mm. You know, regardless of where you sit, you shouldn't just you know you're still paying not far off what you're paying for downstairs. Um, but I think it's not just that. It's like you said. It's like you've got to make it into something that's instantly enjoyable you know and it didn't have i didn't feel like the the writing had the comedy moments that it had in the in the films yeah you know i don't feel like it had those elements i think i just struggled with it to be fair i expected a lot and didn't get it because when you've got people that are very seasoned actors and we're talking of very seasoned actors and i felt like there's only so much they can do with the script it may it'd be interesting to see what they thought truthfully about the actual, it'll be interesting you know. to see how long they stick with it definitely yeah exactly do you know what we're here for we're here for the drama so as we've picked upon the acting which has sort of like intermingled with the directing and the writing and i thought the person playing muriel marlene sidaway yeah she gave a strong performance as basically the maggie smith one and also rika john Cherian. i think that's how you pronounce her name yeah. mrs kapoor i always probably felt like she was the strongest i did yeah yeah her she... and sonny and auntie varman i thought they were two of the strongest on there as more so than what do you call them expats I'll also give a shout out to Colin Richmond as well for designing the set. Yeah, definitely. Because um, I'm just ch- trying to just embodied the film. I mean, the thing is for me, that's probably the main biggest link to the actual franchise. to the franchise. Really, you know, that feels like you could have filmed in that and used it as part of the film. You know, it felt like a film set had been brought in. Really, in a way, it was that in depth of a, of a set. I'm, I'm really annoyed because this play 
would have been perfect for Rudolf Lenska. It would. Had it been written... should have been singing... Right. We'd have been singing praises of all these actors Mm. if they'd have had so much more, because I thought they could only do with what they were given, you know, and that's the thing. Exactly. But to take direction and to say, right, walk forward, say your piece, then go back to your spot that you were stood on or sat on, and then walk forward again and do the same again, and all those things, it was like... I just felt like they were robots, yeah, well, I'm not. I'm not saying. I wouldn't say that they were given a robotic performance, but it, it did come across as if they were like moved around on a like chess pieces. Yeah, it felt like. Yeah, just doing a bit, and that I would have to say that's down to the directing it and really the writing because yeah. the the performances they they did the performances, but if they're not told how to move or the language isn't there in the textbook for them to engage in dialogue, then they're not going to have that rapport with the other characters on set. And not just that, if they had say you know actors are notoriously able to use their creative license and do extra things maybe they were reined in and that doesn't help because you it feels like people there's a bit of restraint in it in performance and i think that you know it doesn't help because i think we in the audience you had a feel that everybody was expecting it to be funny people were coming in and laughing and joking and thinking it was they were building themselves up for great now i'll tell you a little story now do you know what was really funny what? For some reason, the two girls that sat next to me, they were laughing and they were in hysterics. Yeah. They were trying to stop each other from laughing and they were just, they, they had the guffaws basically. Because this woman that was sat in front of me, she had them <laughs> sweets, didn't she? So not only had we had like a few aisles down, it sounded like some woman just brought a box of a uh, family circle and dumped the whole box of biscuits on the floor throughout the whole. Yeah, which it did. It was around the whole first act. I mean, but, that was the most exciting bit of the first half, to be fair. And then the woman in front, she had, like, the, the noisiest sweet. The fo- it must have been the foxes or the sticky yeah, ones. Like, the, yeah, mints. the ones that stick to the, 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 the wrapper. The and she tried so quietly to unravel it and take it out of this wrapper. But instead of just doing it quickly and it's done with, she drew it out so it made so much noise and it needed to and after about five minutes of just this crinkling and crinkling and ring yeah and all that kind of stuff she shoved it into a gob and then a few seconds later she started choking on it and then that was it the girls next to me were howling with laughter and then because they were laughing i thought the absurdity of the biscuits falling her choking on a sweet the fact that the plate was just a farce and not in a good way yeah. on knees up on noses i started laughing i couldn't stop they tried to stop so when they stopped i started and then i had to stop and then between us we got told off from someone behind us telling us to shut up when they were the ones gabbing as well on the phones and stuff i mean i also want to add in that the woman's what husband was laughing as well oh, his yeah. shoulders were he was the worst one he was, he wasn't he was laughing at all. He, he was really concerned about his wife his shoulders his shoulders oh, choke to death yeah, yeah, i'm carry I'm, on i'm, I'm for Rulilenska, not you yeah have another one choke on that sweet i laughed more at the fact that i wasn't allowed to laugh but i was laughing it at was the, just at, crazy at the stupidity of this it really was. It was just It was silly. just a joke. And the fact that you laugh at the absurdity of oh. watching a play just shows how, just the audience how crass and, the, and yeah, bad exactly. it is. It shows you how distracting that was. Yeah. Because none of that would matter if it was good. Well, exactly. People were on the phone. People were turning up late. 
Oh. It already started late. It started at quarter to eight. I mean, they didn't miss we're, anything. But, we were here, know. well, we sat down at, what, 20 past seven, something like yeah. that. Because, you know, we, we were expecting yeah. it to be half past seven. It didn't start till quarter to. And even at quarter to, people were still coming in at bloody nine o'clock. It's like, where have you been? But then also at the interval, notice people didn't come back as no, well. They there didn't. was some gap exactly. in the audience. So I don't think we're the only ones that had a th- similar thoughts to, to what we're talking about now. But... Uh... They, those two girls next to me, they, they were lovely. They were yeah, so they were. polite and so funny. But it's just one of them things where you just had to be there where you just can't hold it in and you just... It's a silly laughter is what it is. Definitely. It's, it's probably one of the, the funniest nights out I've ever had at a theatre. Yeah. Not because of the play. Yeah. And I think because of the play. That's key as we were leaving after the end of the production. I don't think we're the only ones thinking, what have we just seen? Because no. it wasn't jovial and happy as we were leaving the audience were thankful it finished that, I yeah I, I felt that they were all like well we've seen that now i don't think there was as um, appreciative as uh, the shawshank redemption audience no but i felt it was one step up from the wicked lady audience because yes. they just they were completely like hated that yeah exactly it was a warm exit but it wasn't an excited great performance you couldn't really hear that there was more murmurs than outright yeah. you know, excitement now let's talk about the technical aspects in our next segment what the tech is this was there any technical things that cropped up i mean not really it's another general cover production where you know I'm, i did think that because the set was so great the lighting effects that they'd used to to enhance that was brilliant yeah. to make it look and feel like it was you were in India and the you know it gave the clouded sky and, it, yeah. and a lot of depth above the stage and there was lighting a lot up the of, archways and... even simple things like the the neon flycatcher in the um, yeah. in the it just hidden under the one of the and uh, it didn't alcoves. even need to be there but it, it was, was but that's what you would find in those hotels yeah. and you know because they're not fly free or bug free or mosquito free they they'd need that anyway but but to have that linked into the rig, so when it all when it all switched on, that all came on at the same time, so it felt part of the actual setting. So you know, and sound wise, they used sound effects of the road when they went out onto the road in the in the mm. sort of night. There was bits of music interludes and stuff like that, but nothing major really. It was you know I'm nothing surpri- unexpected. I'm su- very surprised they didn't get a tuk tuk in this and use that. I know and they could have easily well. got one. Yeah, even if it was a battery powered tuk tuk. Because then that would have sent gone to the next level, but I just don't. They were the things that it didn't have. Mm. I thought the the technical sound was adequate because you had the Indian music. You also had, like you said, when they changed the scene to be either in the telecommunications offices or out on the streets. They had the background music and stuff just yeah. to enhance it, just to set the scene when they did yeah. place a screen in front of the set to give yeah. it a different breakaway. That's probably what they should have done, really, in um, Shawshank. Yeah, Redemption. and it was but little. Th- yeah, and I think that's all it was missing. You know? This uh, everything else for this production was on point. It's yeah. just a shame that it was. Was the, the, the dialogue and the yeah, it was, it was, and the, you know, a bit of the direction maybe that let everything <laughs> down a bit. But I also thought there was like you know things at the nighttime scenes they made them look good and they increased the background noise for the night so you yeah. felt like it was in the night and with you know the odd cricket in the background and stuff like that that helped. Mm. It just helped create that that space. Yeah. Anyway, now for our rewind rewatch, which bit would you like to watch again? Just when the curtain opened and you saw the lavish set, that would be it, really, I think. I would re-watch The Woman Choking on a Sweet. Yeah, because that had more comedy in it. I certainly enjoyed myself laughing with the girls next to You were on the edge. 
Certainly was on the edge. Moving on now to our next piece. Call Call this this a show. So scores then, please, for the best exotic marigold hotel, Richard, with 10 being a glorious journey to India and one being grounded at the airport. What are you going to give it? I'll give it a 5 out of 10. Okay. I am going to give it a 4. Yeah. So what sound effect will you be choosing from the following? A complete train wreck. Tumbleweed. An audible shrug of the shoulders. Uh? A slow clap. A pleasant applause. Or a standing ovation. What will it be? An audible shrug of the shoulders. Uh? I'm going to give it a slow clap. So there we are. That's our discussion of the best exotic Marigold Hotel. We hope you found it insightful. If not, entertaining. Coming up over the next few episodes... We will be discussing Dream Girls, South Pacific, and a Nottingham Panto special double bill. That's it for this week, folks. If you'd like to drop us a message, please email us at upstagedownstagepod at gmail.com. Remember, you can always join in the chat to share with us your views on a production. Also, make sure to like and subscribe to our channel so you get every episode the second it's released. And we hope you join us again for another instalment of Upstage Downstage. Downstage.